Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the My Home, My Mission podcast. I am Chris, and I am blessed to be in studio today with my co-host, Jordan. Welcome back. Yep, and we've got some other special guests in studio with us today. So Jordan, introduce our guests. Yeah, so we've had some really great conversations the past couple episodes. Um, it would be the last couple of weeks to you who are listening to us, but um, we've got three of our summer interns joining in the conversation today to continue this conversation about dating and parenting through dating and all those things. I hope that's been helpful to you, but we've got with us Pernell Ingram again. He is um, he's the he's a father of someone in the teenage years that are kind of approaching the dating time. Then we've got Laura Beth Curran and Drew Futrell who are engaged to be married in about a year from now. And they've just brought such a great perspective on this. Yeah. In the last episode, uh, Laura Beth and Drew were uh, sharing with us some things that, man, it just gripped my heart. So we decided to do an extra episode with this because um, they're really speaking as folks that are really nearest to the dating scene since they're dating, even as as an engaged couple, they're dating now. And uh, man, what great perspective they bring for moms and dads who are walking through this, uh, this time trying to figure out how to do it well. Um, and you know, whether it's to be, um, a friend, a counselor, a guide, a disciple maker, all of that. And then, uh, Purnell with us in studio, uh, Purnell in the process of parenting too, uh, maybe a little closer to this than I am. Jordan's on the preteen side. Uh, I'm on the way post-teen side with adult kids and, uh, grandchildren. And then, uh, you're right in the middle with, with teen perspective. So we wanted to g- give an opportunity for us to learn and be able to reflect, uh, on this last week's episode, by the way, if you've not gone back and listened to last week's episode, can I encourage you to do that? Uh, this episode will mean much more to you. If you'll just pause, go back and catch the last episode and then come back and join us. Um, because when we wrapped up last week, Lord Beth had just shared some, some statements that caught my attention and I want to pick up there and then kind of dive in with you guys. Lord Beth, you mentioned something in the last time we were together about how, uh, your mom kind of trusted you uh, with some areas of responsibility. And uh, man, that really kind of resonated in my heart because um, it seems to me, at least prospectively, that affirmation is a big tool in a parent's tool belt to help their kids as they're growing through this process into young adulthood and adulthood. So can you talk a little bit about how your mom really helped affirm you and what that meant to you um, I say your mom, mom and dad, but uh, how that helped you in the process of growing and becoming. Yeah, so um, what I talked about a little bit previously is um, scheduling things. So um, my mom really trusted me to keep track of my schedule. Um, so when I had um, things for school, when I had extracurricular activities or when I was supposed to see Drew, um, she would ask if there was something family related that she wanted me to be a part of, if I had time or if I was, had that, um, in my schedule for us to be able to do. Um, and that was super important to me, um, because as someone who was being, um, raised to about to be a young adult, um, and coming into that area, I was, um, I wanted some type of accountability for myself Mm. and um, it made the transition from me going from my senior year in high school, which is when we started dating, to um, 
my college years when I was kind of on my own with my schedule. Yeah. Um, and being able to be trusted with a few things like that um, allowed me to really feel like I was becoming a young adult and it made the transition easier for me. Yeah. So one of the things we talk about with parents is that the, you move in parenting through stages. You're, you start off kind of as a cop uh, where you're just giving instructions, do this, don't do that, go to bed, brush your teeth, do those things, to uh, being kind of a coach or a consultant, uh, really a consultant process of things where you're walking alongside in that to being a, um, a coach, uh, where you're just from the sidelines kind of giving the input, insight, which is kind of where you're talking about that stage to uh, being a cheerleader uh, when your kids start having kids of their own kind of thing and then you're coming alongside going yeah I remember those days and so forth so uh, those process of building affirmation did that just start like when you got into the teen dating years and stuff or did your parents kind of build in this process of proper affirmation in that communication piece early on to build trust um, I would say that it started um, probably in the later high school years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some um, things that I went through in my high school, um, earlier high school years that I needed my parents to be a little bit more proactive for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in that um, respect because there were some um, things that were more like mental health things yep. that they needed to be more proactive in. So once... Um, some of those things got handled um, is when they started um, trusting me a little bit more with those um, affirmations. Good. So it's appropriate. It's not. It wasn't just empty check mark. Hey, you've turned sixteen, so now we're going to trust you with this. It's mm-hmm. you know, it was demonstrated uh, levels of responsibility and yes. faith in you and stuff. So yes. that makes sense. Empty affirmation is never good. <laughs> yeah. So you can see. So wait a minute. You're telling me as a kid, you can see through parents when they just offer empty affirmation. Yes. You can see through it. Man. <laughs> okay, parents, there's a spoiler alert right there. Don't do that. That's yes. good. Um, how important is it? So this is one of the things that I think I faced uh, with my kids because I wasn't always a good kid growing up. Um, in fact, I was a terrible person, I think. Um, you know, Jody and I met at a really young age and uh, began dating before we could drive. And, um, you know, I like to tell folks I was not a very well-discipled person. So maybe my intentions, my motives were not always, nah, they were hardly ever Jesus-centered. Um, you know, they were uh, it, it, just life and so forth. So uh, I didn't have all of that, but I didn't always share those stories with my kids uh, in that process. How important is it, do you think, uh, either one of you jump in on this, how important is it uh, to you for your parents to kind of talk about their imperfections, maybe even relationally around around dating and so forth, their imperfections, the places they've missed the mark, and when it comes to you guys, uh, your growing process, your understanding of dating and relationships? I would say that it is one of the most important things. Um, for one, as kids, I don't know when it happened, but I eventually figured out that my parents weren't perfect. What? I eventually figured it out. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't think I didn't think our kids ever figured that out. Now you're ruining everything. I remember when I was in kindergarten and I thought they could do no wrong. Yeah. And they were like they were like, No, 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 we're sinners too and I was trying to when I was understanding the gospel and I understood it, but I was like, Some there's a gap there on my parents wow. being sinners and um, you know, you figure it out from experience as you get older. Hmm. You and um, we know it one way or another. So 
if you talk about it to us, mm-hmm. if you apologize when you realize you've done something wrong as parents, then I know I would be more open to apologizing to what I've done wrong. I would be, hmm. and I would be more receptive to when you insist that you're right. Wow. So you're saying our credibility in declaring our rightness depends a lot on when we're willing to admit our wrongness. Yes, sir. Ma'am. May want to say that again slower. I don't even know if I remember it, but our <laughs> credibility when we're declaring our rightness is based in no small part on our willingness to admit our wrongness. I don't think I said it the same way, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, our, we really do build a when we're honest about every part of our lives, we build credibility when we want to speak truth into those other areas. Man, that's good. That's good. Well, Jordan, we talk about that a lot when we talk about the, the need for transparency and how important it is to build that. Um, I think at the same point, and Lord Beth, I don't want to cut you off if you were about to jump in there, but I think at the same point, there's probably a, a measured level of transparency that your parents are to do. So they probably don't want to tell you about their college blow-ups the your freshman year of high school year and go, I'm going to tell you how I really blew it in college or something. Are there places like where you're like, they could overshare or overshare details that might hurt credibility or do they, you just like, Hey, tell us and the more, the better. Um, I think for me personally, um, especially with the relationship I have with my mom, it was really important for me to know the mistakes she made before I was there okay. um, in the picture. So, like, obviously, like, Drew's talking about, like, apologizing when you make mistakes as mm. you're parenting. Mm. It's super important. But um, even knowing some of the mistakes she made um, while dating or, um, like, when she was in college and things were really important for me right before I got to that stage. Gotcha. Um she didn't share those things um, when I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, she shared it be- right before I got into the dating age um, and then right before I got into college and so on and so forth. Um, because her heart for me, and I'm sure it is for most parents who are listening to this, is we've made mistakes and our heart for you is to not have to live through those mistakes mm. and live through the consequences that we've had to live through because of those wow. mistakes. Man. Um, and so knowing that and knowing that heart behind it really helps um, us know, okay, so this is the consequences that they've had to face. So I know that I don't want to do that. Wow. Man, that's that's solid gold. Solid gold. Drew, were you, you kind of leaned up like you were going to append to that or something. Is I think um, I agree with Laura. I mean, of course, don't go into gory details on anything. Right, right. But, um, I mean, it's really important. I mean, if, if life is like a, a minefield and you're walking through it, I mean, things aren't they're different in a lot of ways now than, than they were. But from what I've talked to my dad about and to my mom and everyone I've talked to and biblical truth, the same spiritual forces are at play. Mm, that's right. The same God is in control. And if you've stepped on minds in your past, it would be a mistake to not point those out to your children so they don't step on them as well. Man, yeah, that's good. Um, I've, I've said this to... Uh, to the congregation, to men, to couples uh, that I've dealt with, I've said that one of the things I was terrible at with my kids was to try to teach them how to be perfect because I have no experience in it. Mm-hmm. I can't be perfect. But if I could teach them how to get things back on track when you've blown it, mm-hmm. you know, what does God say about how do we get to a redemptive, uh, a redemptive posture and then to a redemptive future uh, where we can move toward restoration, that that's super important, which I think is kind of what you guys are, are touching on there. 
Let me ask you this. Let's say that parents are a lot like Chris Aiken. They blew it a lot growing up. They blew it uh, maybe in the early days of parenting because uh, my oldest son, you know, Drew and I were joking about this earlier, you know, uh, as a first child, I was a first. And on my first child, I mean, they don't come with any manuals. You don't learn anything uh, on the first one. You're just test driving everything and you've got fears and anxiousness. You're broken, all this stuff. So you make a lot of mistakes. If your parents have made mistakes, uh, or if somebody's parents had made mistakes, what are ways for them to try to repair that, to regain credibility, to be able to speak with a voice that you trust uh, and, and kind of restore that? Is everything lost if they blow it when you're 13 or is there hope? Um, so one of the things that's always stuck with me from my childhood is every time my dad, um, every time we got in an argument because that happens, I'm not mm. going to... Um, Legit. Yeah, not going <laughs> to um, say that it never happens or anything. Um, but every time we would get in an argument, um, there would always be an apology afterwards. Mm. Um, and I can't ever tell you a time that I didn't have him apologize to me for something that he did that was wrong. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't the chief of the wrongdoing. Got it. Um, so, like, if we were going to put it in a scale, I probably did like seventy percent of the anger in yeah. the um, argument, and he probably did about thirty. Um, but regardless of his, if he started it, or regardless of if it was caused because me coming at him first, mm -hmm. there was always an apology from that, um, and that taught me one, the importance of that, of apologizing. And I knew that he would, he would always, no matter what happened between us, he would always want to restore it. Yeah. So not only was he willing to accept the responsibility to apologize, did I hear you say he was kind of the initiator of that most often? Yes. Uh, it, for the part that he especially, owned. Kind of yeah. Especially in my younger teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big deal. I know it is in marriage relationships, um, you know, to be to be one who quickly I, I like to describe it off the crazy wheel that Emerson Egrix talks about in uh uh in his book, um Love and Respect. But uh, you know, it's the idea of, hey, whoever blew it, you be the first one to admit that and jump back in there. Don't wait for somebody else to start it, but you be quick to do that. And that's a biblical principle. Um, and it really does kind of start that conversation, but it starts the credibility from what you're saying too. Um what the um what how easy would it be or how possible would it be for somebody to repair failures without that without being without admitting that they blew it how likely is it that somebody could repair the relationship credibility and trust without admitting that they've blown it to you i think it would be impossible mm. to fix something that you haven't acknowledged is broken yeah and i knew that it was kind of that yeah. loaded question that you asked in court <laughs> where were you on thursday yeah so uh, anyway i i kind of knew that but I think it's important for us to hear that mm -hmm. because it's a false expectation for us to think that we can make everything better by just decreeing it without going back and doing the hard work of admitting where we've blown it so that we can restore the relationship there. So, And um, I know um, looking back on my parents and my experience with them, some of the most important things is when I messed up and I sinned, whether it's against my dad or I messed up and I put myself in a situation I didn't want to be in the first thing my dad did was he would point me to Jesus. 
Hmm. And point me to the fact that redemption is possible and then he would lead me through the redemption and he would he would always make sure even when I was four years old he would make sure after I did something wrong or after I hit my brother or something mm-hmm. that I prayed for forgiveness yeah and it was just a thing I did because he told me then but it eventually turned into a habit yeah man that's good that's good so that stuff's kind of as much caught as it is taught along the way so um let me, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then these other guys, I've kind of monopolized the whole conversation this time, and that's terrible. But uh, I'm a preacher. That's what I do. So um, how could or what should a parent be aware of if, if, if their kids are blowing it? If there's a mistake, there's an error, there's an issue, somebody's got terrible news. And, I mean, this could go the full gamut. It could be, hey, you know what, I... I didn't act in a way that honored God sexually. I uh, or hey, this relationship's going south in a hurry, and I don't know how to get out of it. How uh, can a parent be a help in that process? How should their posture be? What should they do? I don't know that you have any of those experiences personally, but you know maybe you could offer some suggestions or insights. You know so that uh, so that parents don't blow it and make it worse and shut it down but actually facilitate it and become a coach help in that process. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either one of you. Um, I know that all the, all the times I messed up, I knew I messed up. I'm sure with much bigger things, that's true as well. So if they've blown it, and I mean, it's, it will be obvious if they don't know mm-hmm. that they messed up, but if they've blown it, it would be pointless to continually repeat to them that they've blown it and hear all the consequences and all the bad things that are, that could happen because of what you've done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like you, you would know that as, as a young adult. So what would you suggest as a posture or an approach? Your son's just approached you and said, Hey, I just blew it. I wrapped the car around the telephone pole or I, um, uh, we went too far on a date or, um, this relationship's going south. I cheated on my girlfriend. Whatever the situation is, you know, how can a parent be a safe space for that young person at that point? What do they have to do in order to build and gain credibility? Is that that stated well? I mean, can you follow that? I think um, a gentle hand would be needed in that situation. Mm. Um, I mean. Gosh, that's a hard one. Isn't it hard? You yeah. ought to be the parent trying to figure that out. Yeah, if I can um, speak on this a little bit, I think um, most of the time um, when kids come to a parent, um, they've already hit rock bottom. Mm. Um, even if you do have a trust between your kid, um, there's some things that kids just don't like to share. Yeah. Um, and so if they are sharing, they're at their lowest. They had to share if they got to that point because wow. they didn't mm-hmm. want to tell you um, beforehand. If it was just a little bad, they mm-hmm. weren't going to tell you until it got really, really bad yep. um, until they needed you to pull them out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, like Drew said, they know that they screwed up. They know they messed up and they know that they needed help. 
Um, and the recognizing that they screwed up and the recognizing that they need help are the first steps to fixing the solution. Mm -hmm. And those aren't solutions that you have to go through because they're here, they're at, they're to you. Um, and so your solution is to point them one to the redemptive power of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and also to help them through whatever the consequences are, because the good news is if your child is coming to you with that, they're still where they can come to you. Come on, that. that's good. Um, it's not like they are in um, out on their own and mm-hmm. they're 26, year, 26 and have to figure out what to do on their own. Um, by the grace of God, they're still in your house. Yeah. Um, and so those things, you can help them with the consequences. Mm-hmm. And then through helping with them the consequences, then they can trust you to show them, okay, here's, let's, let's do active steps to not let this happen again. Wow. Um, for example, if it's something like I went too far, um, with my girlfriend or I cheated or something like that, um, the biggest, best advice that I was ever given in that respect to dating is situational boundaries are way better than physical boundaries. Mm. So with, um, helping your kid through something like that, um, helping them through the redemptive process and then coming to the end of that, then y'all can talk about solutions. Okay. What are some situational boundaries that we can discuss in further relationships and not just physical? Man, that's good. That is good. You guys are describing discipleship just really all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, yep. hey guys, I've monopolized a lot. Anything you wanted to jump in and ask or jump in on? No, I would just say, um, just uh, thinking about what Laura Beth just said, I think the important thing for parents um, when kids come to us is to, to take a second to process mm. um, what what's going on. Yeah. Um, and one thing that they always told us in law enforcement when we're in a high stress situation, breathe. Yeah, it sounds simple, right? Uh, but if if you just pause and breathe and take everything in, um, second thing, um, basically what she said is, give grace. Yeah, give grace. We're we're not perfect as parents. Um, our kids are going to make mistakes. Do we want them to be perfect? Absolutely, we do. But they're not going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be gracious in everything that you do and how we respond. It's a good word. It's a good word, Jordan. What a what a fun conversation it's been. Wow. I, one of the things we've always said all, all along from the beginning of this podcast is when um, when you turn on this podcast on your phone, whether you're driving in your car, you're mowing your yard, whatever it is, you're joining in a conversation and I hope that you feel like you're sitting in here in the room with us talking through this. With that said, I want, I want to just say if you've got a topic that you think would be helpful to you, um, let us know. There's a there's an email address, I think, in our little outro. Um, email us and let us know what's something that would be helpful for you to hear as a parent. What's something you're struggling through? Um, this is one of those things that I, I think a lot of people are going yeah. through. Yeah. Um, but what is it that we can we can talk about in our next conversation with you that, that's helpful to where you are? Share that with us. We'd love to hear. Absolutely. And Laura Beth, Drew, and Purnell, thank you for being in studio with us uh, for these incredible episodes. We'll probably go viral now just because you've been here. <laughs> but uh, we're, I, if, if we didn't, I've been so blessed by the fact you're here. And thank you for listening and for being a part of the My Home, My Mission podcast. We'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.